walks into our story. He's kind of like family also. But, man, he peppers me with as many questions as I want to pepper him with. <laughs> Josh Wright is back with us, chief economist at iSIMS, uh, based in New York, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. I want to talk to him, too, about kind of some of our most read stories because there's so much speculation about who will be the next chair of the Fed. Welcome back. It's great to be here. There are no one-way streets anymore. I know. You know that? You give a little, I give a little. We must come together with our pieces <laughs> to create a larger it's picture. It's a kumbaya moment. Um, let's talk about the Fed, because we do have an awful lot of reporting on the Bloomberg today that's looking at who might be the next head of the Fed. Uh, and the president's advisor said to have a, uh, put together a short list for him. Janet right. Yellen, Gary Cohn. Uh, Mr. Warsh, uh, and then you had some other names being thrown out. Uh, Mr. Powell was also on that yes. list, reportedly. So, very interesting crew. How very, do you assess? Yeah, yeah, and different. Very different. Each one, like, but you know, we can't. The, the number one thing that we know is to expect the unexpected in this current environment. And you, you know? worked within the New York Fed. That's right. I did work within the New York Fed. How um, much of the structure of the Fed is just in place? It's infrastructure. It's has there. Has nothing to do with who's, who's running the show. And shop. does it matter who's at the top? I think it does matter a lot who's at the top, but of course there's a really strong institutional culture at the Fed. And they pride themselves on the fact that they are able to bring in some of the best talent that we see in the entire federal governmental system. Um, and you've got all these strong views, smart people. So there is certainly, a, you know, there's only so much you can do because there's going to be in terms of changing the institution. It's not going to happen quickly if you do want to make a change. But I think that always uh, leadership at the top, that always makes a big difference. Sets the tone. It sets the tone. The fish Absolutely. stinks from the head. The questions that you... It's the questions <laughs> that you ask um, that constrains what people Corey do. to go there. It's always going to be... <laughs> expect the unexpected. That's what I yeah. expect here in the studio, too. <laughs> but do we... Well, can I, if I may follow, do we need someone who's going to kind of maintain the tone the fish head, if you will, um, that we've had from Janet Yellen, kind of safe and steady. Well, the interesting thing is I think that people agree that you want to have some kind of safe and steady hand at the central bank. The question is, how do you achieve that? So Kevin Warsh has said, I want a safe and steady hand as well, but the way to do that is to um, engage in a different way of communicating with the markets. That's been his take. Um, he, he's even questioned the Fed, though. He's He has brought, come out with some <laughs> you know, unconventional and maverick statements, for sure. And so that's Part of what makes him intriguing as a potential yeah. choice by Trump. Also, there's that potential personal connection. But if you want someone who's going to kind of split the difference between Warsh and Yellen, then I think Jerome Powell might be your man. Because here's someone who's been pretty comfortable going middle of the road with the Fed for um, in his tenure there. He seems to be comfortable with the uh, policies that they've taken so far. But he's also someone who's interested in a lighter hand on regulation. Mm. He's a confirmed Republican. He's a New Yorker. And very importantly for President Trump, he's not an academic. Well, I want to ask you about that. Um, yeah. How important is it we have people who, you know, uh, what what would be different if a Gary Cohn, uh, a type of non-economist, were to run the Fed? Well, look, I used to work for Tim Geithner at the New York Fed. He's not an, an economist. He's not an academic economist either. And that's where leadership comes in, you know. And people, I can tell you, when I arrived at the New York Fed, people spoke in such hushed tones about Tim Geithner, even though they said he's not the number one expert on all the subjects, but he's so smart and he's so good at asking the right questions and leading people and inspiring them. And, you know, that's a different function from being the actual technical expert. And it's something we've seen in Janet Yellen, who, although she's got all the technical chops you need for the job, right. she's been someone who has not um, conducted policy in the dovish 
way that people expected, given the views that she had expressed before she became the leader and had to build consensus on the committee. Jeffrey Goodlock, uh, the money manager, predicted the presidential election of Donald Trump when few saw it coming. His new surprise call, as we put it out on the Bloomberg, Neil Kashkari will be the next chairman of the Federal Reserve. That's certainly a possibility. Neil Kashkari, another non-academic, someone who's certainly um, shown you know, a, a real penchant for lower rates and mm -hmm. slower hiking, which is something that, the, that uh, President Trump might be looking for, because one way, one quick way to end up being a uh, one-term president is by launching a recession. And one of the number one risks we face right now for a recession in the U.S. economy is how quickly the Fed hikes. Mm -hmm. so, so to that, I mean, do you, th do you think the president, I mean, what kind of questions would a president be at? Would this president be asking you? Say it's important to him that he has maybe someone who's not academic. It's important to him that he has someone who maybe uh, has a different kind of who is a New Yorker. Um, what, what do you think he's asking? Like, well, I'm not sure being a New Yorker is a good for the job. That <laughs> might know, be something that makes that. him more comfortable with someone. Right. Right. That might be that might give him so a, not a personal affinity. And he cares about night. chemistry. But here's a question that you should be asking these people: What do you think about going back to asset purchases? if we head towards another recession. Because right now, we don't have a lot of clearance. There's not a lot of rate hikes you could go through. Right. So what do you do when you get to the zero lower bound? It's one thing to say, I don't want to conduct asset purchases. Um, you know what? I don't think that Ben Bernanke really wanted to. And certainly, I don't think that- But I, what else do you do? What else do you do when, when push comes to shove? And also, what is a shove? versus what's a push. You know, what's the threshold, and then what do you do once you hit that threshold? And if you can't be you know, transparent about that, then how can we trust what's going to happen? To follow on that, though, and you know, we have economic cycles, right? We have the highs and the lows. Do you anticipate a recession any time in the next 12 months? Not in the next 12 months. 24 months. In the next 24 months, a slowdown, I think, is you know, certainly possible. I think, look, the number one risk that we face right now are what does the Fed do in terms of a tightening cycle and geopolitical risk, because that could undermine business or, and or consumer confidence. We are living in a very um, you know, uncertain environment geopolitically. So I, and the longer we but go... But economies around the globe are doing great. Yes. When you look at the fundamentals, they look good. When you look at the leading economic index for the U.S., right. that looks really good. And you know, in general, around 12 months following strong leading economic indicators report, then you expect there's... The coast is clear for recession. That's why 12 months they feel good about. When you put out that back 12 months, between right. 12 months and 24 months, then, you know, it, 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 just the longer time goes by, the greater their chances that you get some kind of policy error, error geopolitical upset, or something else. I, that's, that would not be my, my central tendency forecast. It's not what I expect, but the right. risks certainly go up. Uh, and, and, yeah, the rim, I guess that's that is understanding that with the boundaries, not of where we are, but where we could be, would be the big the big thing given the, the duration of the tenure. Uh, the duration of your visit, way too short. Always. I love when Josh Never comes in. Enough. See, peppers me with questions, you with questions, and we pepper him with questions. I can tell you he was talking to uh, contacts in the recruiting space, HR professionals, and part of this view, they were saying that we, that a number of them see experts uh, going back in-house rather than being individual consultants. We didn't even Josh talk Wright about that. From iSims. We'll Thank talk about much. our data next time.